Well, I love America because this is the land of the free refill. If you get thirsty in this country, you can have a drink, and then if you're still thirsty, you can have another drink. You know what I'm talking about? You're at the restaurant, and they got that Coke machine there, and it says 35 cents for a refill, and you think to yourself, what country am I in right now? Is this America? We do free refills here in America. Can I get an amen from anybody on that? Now, maybe if you haven't traveled internationally, you might not realize what a big deal free refills is. I've been to some countries. You can't get a refill there. You can't even get ice for your beverage there. I've been to some countries. You can't even drink the water. You been to one of those countries? You don't even drink the water. Man, here we're like too good to drink our water. You know what I'm Some of you guys don't drink tap water. You're above it right now. You know who you are. You can raise your hand. You can be proud about it. I only drink water out of a bottle. That's how some of you guys roll, right? I mean, if I told you right now I enjoy a good Kirkland water on a hot day, some of you would look down on me. I don't, I don't drink that brand. Uh, no, it's got to be a different brand for me. I mean, we are a blessed people. We have, we have it in abundance. Man, if you want more in America, you can get more. I was at a restaurant this week. You know how you get orange juice and they give you this little glass of orange juice? Anybody ever go out for breakfast? You guys can you relate to my pain. Is anybody feeling me right now? You get a little glass, just enough to make you, like, thirsty, right? And then it's like, yeah, you're going to have to buy another orange juice. It's like, what are you doing to me, you know? But then I was at a place, this Coco's, right off Bolsa, and they were like, yeah, free refills on the orange juice. I was like, my new breakfast spot right here. It's done. I want you to grab your Bible and go to John chapter 4. Because I think what the resurrection has done for us is it's given us free refills for life. And like I've been trying to say earlier in the service, and if you were here on Good Friday, sometimes the best way to understand what happened when Jesus died or when he rose again is to go back and look at what Jesus said earlier. Because he was often talking about how he was going to die and how he was going to rise again in a way that people didn't understand in the moment. But when you read it now, it really adds to your fullness of appreciation of what the resurrection is all about. And I want to look at something that Jesus said to this woman at the well in a one-on-one conversation with a Samaritan woman. Let's just start in John chapter 4, verse 7. Read along with me here. It says, a woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Now, Jesus ends up at this well in the middle of the day, and there's a woman coming out, and he says, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Now, the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? And then parentheses here, just to make sure we understand the context, Jews have no dealings with Samaritans, okay? There was racism going on. The Jews would have seen Samaritans as some kind of half-breed, and they clearly thought that they were better than them, much less at that time a man talking to a woman one-on-one in public. That was the kind of thing that was not done. There was racism. There was sexism going on among God's people. Jesus, he has nothing to do with that. He seeks this woman out. He talks to her, and Jesus answered her, verse 10, if you knew the gift of God, And who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. That's what we want to talk about this morning. What is this living water? Now, the woman said to him, she's trying to figure it out, sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. 
Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him, this living water, will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. A woman comes to get water, her typical daily routine. She meets this man, though, and he starts promising a living water. Anybody ever heard this story before of Jesus and the woman at the well, right? When I was growing up, I grew up going to church. There was a song, I got a river of life flowing. Anybody know this song right now? Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Where are my church people at? Anybody here? Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. Yeehaw, I got a river of life flowing. Spring it up, oh well. There you go. Splish, splash within my soul. You guys know what I'm talking about? This is stuff we teach our kids, right? I mean, hey, why have a a glass of water, a little drink here, when you can have a well of water overflowing, a fountain inside of you? That's what Jesus is saying to her. You know how you get this living water that Jesus is talking about here? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's how you get it. You put your faith in the fact that Jesus rose from the dead and it says there will spring up within you a source of life, a well of water that will never run dry so you never need to thirst again. For the land of the free refill, we are the most thirsty nation I can imagine here in America. Always looking for something else to satisfy and Jesus promises to the deepest part of who you are a well deep down within you, springing up eternal life in your soul. Do you have that? Do you have eternal life? I'm not talking about around you. I'm not saying you believe that Jesus has it or you think that other people at church have it. I'm saying in your soul, is there a spring of living water overflowing out of you that shows that you have an eternal life, an abundant life, a higher quality of living because you know Jesus? That's what he's offering to this woman. He's saying you can quench your thirst once and for all. Let's put it down like this. Point number one, find your life in Jesus Christ. The place we should all go when we're looking for life, soul satisfaction, so our heart will feel full. You know, water is used throughout the scripture as the symbol of life. And if you want to have real life, a resurrection kind of life, that even though you die, you will still live. See, you got to find that in Jesus Christ. There's nowhere else you can search as high or as low as you want. You're not going to find satisfaction anywhere else but in our Lord Jesus Christ, in knowing him personally. That's what he, he's offering himself to this woman is what he's offering. A living water flowing from her soul. Now, you can write down a couple of passages here. Isaiah 55. If you read Isaiah 55, it's like a prophecy of this exact situation. It says, come to the waters that cannot run dry. Come without money and feel free to buy. And it's offering anyone who wants to, even people from other nations, if they will turn from their wickedness, they can come and have this life. Or another time where it refers to living water in the Old Testament is Exodus 17, if you're a note taker and you want to jot that down. Because the people are wandering in the wilderness 
after God delivered his people out of Egypt and he was leading them to the promised land, they're wandering in the wilderness and they're complaining because they're thirsty. And so Moses hits a rock and out of it comes water so the people might live. Now this was a big deal in the history of Israel. In fact, they celebrated this, this water that came out of the rock at this feast of tabernacles or feast of booze. They would all gather together in Jerusalem and one of the main things they would do in this week-long feast, this celebration, was the high priest would go to the pool of Siloam and he would fill this golden flask with water and he would walk through the streets of Jerusalem while there's trumpets blowing and there's the choir singing and he's walking through talking about how God had provided water, life, for the people of Israel. Go to John chapter 7, and you'll see a scene at the Feast of Tabernacles when Jesus shows up, and he starts speaking during the feast, and people are out to get him. They're starting to want to kill him. And one of the days, on the last day of the feast, when this whole ceremony is going on, where the priest is walking through the streets of Jerusalem with this golden flask of water, and there's trumpet blasts, and everybody's lining up as the choir sings, Look at this, John 7, verse 37. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and he cried out. This is how you make an entrance right here. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Can you imagine that? Everybody's looking at the high priest. Everybody's looking at the golden flask. They're going through the ceremony, remembering what God has done. And Jesus, you could just see him standing up on some roof somewhere, shouting out, hey, you want living water? Believe in me, he says. He shouted it out to all who would hear, not just to the woman at the well, but here he is announcing it to the city of Jerusalem. And what is he talking about? Verse 39, now this he said about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, but Jesus, because Jesus was not yet glorified. If you believe in the resurrection here this morning, not just intellectually you think that Jesus actually rose from the dead, but if you have put your faith in it, if you've transferred your trust over to Jesus, if you've been made new in Christ, the promise here is that you have a fountain of living water flowing inside of you. You have free refills for the rest of your life. Everything that you need, the Holy Spirit has within you, and He will sustain you and nourish you and give you life. A real kind of life. I'm not talking about physical life here today. It's called new life, eternal life, abundant life. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ where you know him. Do you have that in your soul this morning? And if you do, it's because Jesus rose from the dead that you could have this higher quality of life. And the woman, she says, hey, I want that. I don't want to have to get water from this well anymore. She's kind of missing the point there. She's still thinking a little bit physically. Go back to John chapter 4. Look at John chapter 4 again, just a couple of pages back. And look how Jesus immediately goes after this woman. He goes, she asked for the water, but then Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. Interesting question. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. 
Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Jesus just laying his cards out on the table that he knows this woman. He knows her down to her soul, down to her sin. That this woman is the classic example of someone who's been looking for love in all the wrong places. Five different marriages, now with another guy she's not even married to. I don't know what it was for this woman. If it was the relationship, feeling like she needed to be needed. If it was about the sex with this woman. I don't know what she was looking for, but she sure wasn't finding it. That's what Jesus is pointing out. Saying, okay, you're asking me for living water. Well, you've been looking everywhere else. You've been looking into some kind of man, some kind of relationship, and he goes out. Now, the woman does what people often do. Verse 19, the woman said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. You say that in Jerusalem is the place where we ought to worship. She, like, brings up a religious controversy, right? This got a little too personal. I'm feeling convicted. Well, you know, let's talk about religion for a minute, you know? Puts it off of herself as, as fast as she can. The truth is, involved in the call to living water that anyone can have flowing out of your soul, you must turn from your sin. That's what Jesus is getting to. Hey, you want my living water? Well, here's what you got to do. You got to stop living with a man who's not your husband. You got to stop looking for love somewhere else. And that's what people are doing. People are, they're saying, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. I like his resurrection life. But I also want this in my life because that kind of satisfies me too. And there's no compromise here. If you're going to find life in Jesus Christ, then you have to stop searching for life where there is none. Let's get that down for point number two. Stop searching for life where there is none. Immediately, Jesus exposes the woman's sin. Well, if you're going to say, yes, I want Jesus Christ. I want the spring of living water. Well, then you've got to stop seeking it everywhere else. Are you willing to say today that this world offers you nothing and will not satisfy your soul? That's what you have to say to follow Jesus Christ. You have to be done with other pursuits and see him as greater and first and go after him only. Go to Psalm 63. Psalm 63. There's a lot of great passages that we could turn to this morning about this thirsting after God. This, I don't thirst for other things because I'm thirsting after God. And when I thirst after God, I find soul satisfaction. Psalm 63 is a great example of that kind of thirst of someone who has living water and they're just coming and seeking after God alone. Psalm 63, look at this, verse 1. It says it like this, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. Or early in the morning I seek you, however you want to look at it. My soul, here it is, this is what it means to to have this living water. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. There's nowhere else to turn. I've tried relationships. I've tried sex. I've tried drugs. I've tried success and popularity and being good at business or having a great family. I have tried many things, people could say. But there is no water other than the well of Jesus Christ that springs up from within us. So I'm seeking after God because I'm convinced of one thing. There's nowhere else I can go. Verse 2, so I have looked upon you in the sanctuary. I behold your power and glory. Look at this. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. 
Knowing the love of God that he gave to me when he sent his son to die on the cross for my sin and then rise again on Easter Sunday morning. Knowing that love is better than all the rest of my life put together because it is in the love of God that I find life. That I have this fountain. Anybody else like fountains here? I I have this fascination with fountains. You know, I've never been jealous of a homeless man until I met this guy one day. And I said, and he said, and I said, what do you do with all your time, sir? We were having breakfast, some homeless shelter. And I was like, what do you do with your time, sir? It's like, I like to go swimming. That's what he told me. Homeless guy, LA. I like to go swimming. And I was like, well, where do you go swimming? The ocean, pools, fountains, he says. I like to go. And all of a sudden I was immediately jealous of the man. I was like, I've seen a fountain or two I'd like to go dive into, right? If you're going to dive into the fountain of Jesus Christ, you got to be willing to say, there's no other fountain for me, see? It's one or the other. Go to Jeremiah chapter 2. Here's an Old Testament passage for you about this idea of the the living water. Jeremiah was a prophet who brought great judgment upon the people of God there in Jerusalem before it was taken over. His message was very negative because the people would not turn from their sin. And so he just was warning them that judgment was coming. And here's how God describes the sin of the people in Jeremiah 2. Verse 12, it's on page 628, if you got one of our Bibles here this morning. This is an amazing passage. You're going to want to look at this. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 12. It says, be appalled, O heavens, as if the heavens are witnessing what's going on. Be shocked, be utterly desolate. Like, can you believe this, declares the Lord? For my people have committed two evils. One is, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. Here's a fountain that's saying, come and live, and you'll have your own fountain inside of your soul. Well, they're forsaking the fountain of living waters, and they've hewed out for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. What we're preaching here this morning is that Jesus Christ offers you a life that will flow up from within you and satisfy you. But no, what many people, what most people in America are doing is they forsake the living waters and they start to dig their own wells. And the wells that they dig are broken and they can't even hold water. And they're dumping all of their life. They're pouring themselves out and it's just going down into the dirt below the well. That's what most people are doing with their life. They're seeking satisfaction somewhere besides the fountain of living waters. And God's saying, heavens, can you believe this? Is this appalling to everyone? Is this shocking to anybody here? I'm saying live, and they're choosing death, thinking that it's better. That's the message here. You've got to resolve in your heart. You've got to determine today, if you haven't already, that this world has nothing for me. You can take this world, but give me who? Who do we want? That's where my life comes from, see? Him and only him. And I won't let anything compete in my heart with Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen from anybody on that? Because that's the commitment that you're making. If I were to ask you this morning, hey, do you want to go to heaven or do you want to go to hell? You're here at church on Easter, 9 o'clock service. You're going to say heaven to that one. That's not the question that is put in front of any soul here today. The question today is, do you want Jesus or do you want the world? That's the question that you're answering. And you're answering that question every single day by where you seek satisfaction. Is it in the fountain of living waters? Or is it in the wells that are broken here in this world? Where do you go when, when, you, when you're alone at the end of a long day, when you're tired and frustrated and you've had it up to here? Where do you go, my friend? 
Do you go for a free refill? Or do you go somewhere else thinking that's going to somehow make you feel better? And, and oftentimes sin does seem to make you feel better for a short while. But then you realize the well that you're digging is broken and the water of your life is being poured out for nothing. Go back to John chapter 4 with me. Jesus says, hey, you want the water? You're welcome to it. But you got to go and, and you got to deal with this sin. And she brings up this whole debate about where they're supposed to worship. And Jesus answers that. And then the woman says, look at John chapter 4, verse 25. John chapter 4, verse 25. The woman kind of says something that she thinks is maybe in another category of religion. But all of a sudden she realizes it's very personal. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah, the anointed one, promised from the Old Testament. I know that he's coming. He who is called Christ... And when he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Can you imagine that right there? Well, I know there's going to be this one. He's going to come and he's going to make everything right. Oh, you're talking to him right now at the well. You're, that's the guy who's offering you living water. Isn't that something that we all realize? When the fact that Jesus was the son of God and he died and rose again goes from like some big story to your story and all of a sudden you realize that Jesus is talking straight to you. Have you had that moment? Where he speaks, all of a sudden the words from the Bible are coming right to your heart and it's like he's talking straight to you, showing you who you really are in your sin and offering you a new way of eternal life. And here this woman is overwhelmed that she's talking to the Messiah. Just then his disciples came back and they marveled that he was talking with a woman. What is Jesus doing? But no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? So the woman, check this out, the woman left her water jar, completely forgetting why she had even come to the well and went away into town and immediately she's telling everybody, come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And they went out of the town and were coming to him. Here's what's amazing. When you have this fountain flowing inside of you, when this woman all of a sudden sees Jesus for who he is, you can tell that she had her faith in Jesus by her response. Because her response is to completely forget about herself, her physical needs, what she was doing, and her immediate thought is, I got to go tell everybody else in my town about this. This is amazing. This is good news. I got to let everybody know. Now, the woman was coming out to the well in the middle of the day. If you're familiar with the context, we think that's because everybody in town probably looked down on this woman because she was with five different husbands and the man she was with now was not her husband. And so the woman probably went to get water early in the day, but she's coming in the middle of the day because she's kind of a social outcast. She's not well-liked by everybody in town. But what's her first thought when she sees Jesus for who he really is? What's her immediate reaction? Got to tell everybody. See, when you're full of the life of Jesus, here's something you do. You forget about yourself. That's what we see here. And all of a sudden, Jesus and other people become the priority of your life. And your own personal quest for satisfaction isn't even what drives you anymore. No, a love for God and a love for other people. That's what propels you forward when you've got a fountain of living water inside of you. We see that right away, her first response. And it's no mistake that it says she left the water jar. See? The point there that's being made by John as he writes this, she had a new purpose now, a new passion. And so here's the thing. If you want to feel like you have this fountain of living water inside of you, 
If you want a free refill of Jesus' life on a regular basis, you have to empty yourself, okay? The only way to get a free refill is to completely pour yourself out. You ever had your beverage there on the side? Maybe anybody here drinks a nice refreshing beverage every once in a while, a Coke or something, and it's there on the side of the table, and the ice is melted, and it's got water down, and there's still a bunch in there, but you're looking at it, and you really don't want to drink it, but you know that the waiter or the waitress won't bring you a free refill because it's not empty. Anybody ever been in that predicament before? Anybody am I talking to here? And so you end up drinking something that you don't really want or you ask for a refill or you just sit there when you're thirsty and you don't get something to drink. See, here's how the spring of living water works. When you're empty, that's when the refill comes, see. When you start pouring yourself out, when you start giving yourself completely up to God and you start giving yourself to other people and you think, man, I'm not even looking out for myself anymore. I'm just giving my life away. It's like I'm just pouring myself out here. That's when all of a sudden your soul starts to get revived. And it's like a refill. It's like life overtakes you. So if you go to Psalm 42, and we'll see this very clearly. Here's how the, the free refill doesn't just come from you, uh, from you just feeling good about yourself, doing your own little thing before God. No, it comes like this when you're being persecuted, when you're depressed. That's the context of Psalm 42. Look at what the psalmist says here. It says, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. Oh God, here's another great psalm about a thirst for God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And now this guy's clearly going through a rough time, but his focus completely is on being in the presence of God. He says, my tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? He's getting persecuted, he's mocked, he's rejected. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and I would lead them in procession to the house of God. There would be glad shouts. There would be songs of praise. There would be a multitude keeping festival. You see, he's pouring out his soul before God, but he's remembering these great times of worship and praise. And finally, he says to himself in verse 5, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. I mean, here's a guy who's going through a tough day. He's crying all day long, it says. People are mocking him, making fun of his faith in God. And yet, what does he do? He pours himself out to the Lord. And what does he get? He gets full of God's life again. Let's get that down for point number three. The way to get the free refill is you pour yourself out to the Lord. You empty yourself. You give until you've got nothing left, and that's where this fountain of living water comes, and it gives you this supernatural strength, this power of the Spirit that propels you on. When you're beyond your strength, when you're feeling weak, that's when the fountain really starts flowing. Can I get an amen from anybody experience that? How many times have you been like, I don't want to go to small groups tonight, man. I'm exhausted. Work's killing me. So I didn't get much sleep last night because these kids are always waking up in the middle of the night, and you're thinking, why would I go to small groups tonight, but I guess i got to go because they'll give me a hard time if I don't. You've had that thought, haven't you? I've had it. And then you go to small group, and all of a sudden you start thinking about so-and-so, and all of a sudden you're talking to this person over here, and then you're opening the Word, and somebody's making a great point about the Word. And then you walk out of small groups, and all of a sudden, what do you feel like? You feel like you're on top of the world, and you feel like you can live for Jesus again. That's the free refill that just happened right there. 
When you got empty, then you got full. That's how it works with Jesus Christ. We need less selfish Christians always wondering how they're doing before Jesus. Get over yourself. Give your life away to God and other people, and you'll be full of eternal life. That's, that's what it says right here. It says, pour out yourself to the Lord, and there you find, when you're empty, when you've said all that you have to say to the Lord in your own personal prayer time. Anybody ever woken up in the morning pretty tired? Like, like snooze? Hitting the snooze sounds a lot better than praying sometimes when you wake up. I mean, I know we're all claiming to be Christians here this morning, right? But let's just get honest. There are many times when we have chosen the snooze over prayer, okay? But then you do get up, and you're so tired, and it's hard, and you do pray, and you pour out your heart to the Lord, and you get in the Word, and all of a sudden, what do you feel like? You haven't even had your coffee yet, and what do you feel like? Bring on the day. I'm ready to go. I got the life restored in me. See, that pour out your heart to the Lord. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. Paul was a great example of a guy who poured himself out. chapter 2, and you could see how he would refer to himself actually a couple of times in the New Testament. He refers to himself as a drink offering. Literally as like a, a beverage of water, something being poured out for the Lord. Here's one of the references where Paul says it in Philippians chapter 2 here in verse 17 as he's writing to these people that he clearly loves the church of Philippi, he refers to them as his partners in the gospel. And he says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 17, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. I mean, he's writing this from prison. He doesn't know how it's going to work out. Things aren't looking very good. And he says, even if this is the end for me, even if I'm completely poured out, even if I give my entire life for you guys, for my church, for the people that believe in the gospel of Jesus with me. If I am completely emptied and you guys have faith, then I'm glad. And I rejoice, he says. And I don't think he's just putting that on. I don't think he's faking it. I think he's saying, when I'm empty, see, there is a joy that comes from that, a joy that comes from the Lord. He says it again in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Turn over there with me, 2 Timothy Chapter 4, I mean, these are some of his last words before he, would, before he would die. He wrote his last letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, and this time there was no getting around it. It wasn't what was going to happen. He knew what was going to happen. He knew that this was the end. And here's what he says in this, the last chapter that Paul would ever write. 2 Timothy 4, 6, he says, For I am already, I can feel it happening, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come, he knows he's going to die. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me, on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Yeah, my life is completely poured out, and when it's completely poured out, guess what I get then? Eternal life. I get to see Jesus Christ. 
I get the crown of righteousness. Basically, what is Paul talking about here? What is he looking forward to? Ultimately, if you were completely emptied of all life, if you were completely poured out, what do you get? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what you get. That's what he's talking about here. That the point of our life is to give it away, and then, in the end, we will receive it, my friends. Do you believe that? You seek life in Jesus, and when you seek life in Jesus Christ, it gets you beyond yourself, and it makes you love God, and it makes you love others, and as you get emptied, you get more and more full of the Spirit, and eventually, someday, your life will be emptied, completely poured out, and then you will get to experience the glory of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Anybody looking forward to experiencing the glory of the resurrection? I mean, I don't know how your health is this morning, but I could definitely use a new body. You know what I'm saying? I've been a Christian for a long time. I've been up here talking about Jesus. I talk about Jesus with people. I sing about Jesus in my car. I've never once laid eyes on him. I'd really like to see him. Really like to see him face to face. And the resurrection gives me a living hope. It gives me not only life that I can enjoy now, but it gives me a hope that I will see Jesus when I die. Man, if I die today, that'll be the best day of my life. That's how I think about it. If I was completely emptied, completely poured out, man, that would be the greatest thing. Because I would be full of this fountain of living water like I've never known before, my friends. Are you really giving your life away here this morning? Could you honestly say that? That you're spending your life, you know, I love this because, (coughs) excuse me, when it says, need that resurrection body for that cough, when it says poured out there, when it says poured out in 2 Timothy 4, 6 and Philippians 2, 17, here's a Greek word that you can immediately tell what it means. The Greek word is spendo. That's the Greek word. I love that. Spendo. You guys, you might not be a Greek scholar. You can probably guess what spendo means, right? I mean, it means you're spending yourself. You're giving yourself away. That's the key to finding the fountain of living waters. That's the key to the free refills. Look at this verse. Let me just throw this up on the screen. This is Luke chapter 9, verse 24. Just a very straightforward phrase from Jesus Christ. Whoever would save his life, people always seeking satisfaction for themselves and the things of this world. Whoever would save his life, that person, they are going to lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. The truth is, there is no resurrection without dying first. You have to lose your life. You have to give your life away. And then when you lose your life, what does Jesus say? If you lose your life for my sake, because you're seeking after the fountain of living waters, you save your life. That's how you find life. And we could pass the microphone here this morning and we could have a number of people stand up here today and they will tell you that they've got a fountain of living water flowing inside of them and it's because one day they gave up and they gave their life over to Jesus Christ and it was when they reached the end, that's when the living really started to begin. Anybody here want to testify to that right now? There are people in this room who are living proof. They have experienced the resurrection, and it has changed them from the inside out. And when they should be running dry by our standards, no, they have a fountain of life flowing inside of them. And Jesus, go back to John 4 and look what happens. And this one woman, this social outcast, this sinner, 
looked down on by so many people, even Jesus' own disciples looking down on this woman because of her gender. And she gets it. She gets who Jesus is. She gets the fountain of living waters, and she immediately forgets her water jar, and she takes off into town. And then it picks up here in verse 31. Man, this is what I'm hoping is going to happen here at our church. It says, meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. Look at all these food and water analogies he's using. Hey, you should eat. Well, I'm eating something else, Jesus says. Verse 33. So the disciples said to one another, hey, well, who brought him something to eat? Did somebody hit up a drive-thru on the way here? What's going on? And Jesus said to them, hey, listen to this, grasshoppers. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. And then here's a beautiful picture. Do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into that labor. And many Samaritans from that town believed in him. It's like Jesus is saying, hey, you guys think the harvest is a few months away? Look up. And as they look up out of the town, above the fields, here comes crowds of people to come and see the Messiah who told this woman who she really was, who exposed her sin and offered him and her a new quality of life. And here comes the entire town out to meet Jesus. And he says, hey, guys, look up. Do you see the fields are ripe for harvest? This one woman who believes in Jesus Christ and has such a powerful thing happen within her, she brings the whole town out with her to see Jesus. That's what we're praying for here at this church. If you really believe in the resurrection, then there is nothing that you can pray for less than revival. You should expect that power to spread everywhere. Jesus has put a fountain inside of you. How could you not be talking to people about him? You got living water welling up within you? People are going to have to see that in your life. And the woman, she forgets what the point of her life was to get this water. And she goes and tells the town. And many Samaritans, verse 39, many from that town believed. And it started because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. And the Samaritans came to him. They asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. And they said to the woman, no longer because of what you said we believe. We have now heard for ourselves. And we know that this is indeed the Savior of the, what does it say there, my friends? The Savior of what? He didn't just die to save us. He didn't just rise again so we could have eternal life. Everybody around here needs to know Jesus Christ. I mean, I see people, I, I've only lived here in a, this area for, for about nine months now, not even a year. But I can tell people are searching. You see that? You see that in your neighbors? You see that in people? You, when I was driving here this morning on Easter Sunday morning, it was the only place that I saw people going into, now that we're coming here early for church, right? Where was the only other place I saw people going into? The liquor store on the way here. Searching. How many people have searched at the bottom of an empty bottle, at the feeling of a syringe, and some other person, they've searched, and they've searched, and they've searched again, and they've never found it, and you have the secret of eternal life. 
You know the fountain of living waters. How can we not turn this town upside down with the good news that Jesus rose again? This isn't for church-going people on Easter. He's the Savior of the world, my friends. And the whole town needs to know. And the reason the town doesn't know is because you don't tell them. And the reason some of you don't tell them is you don't have the fountain of living water inside of you. You can't tell me that you're here to celebrate the resurrection and we're going to put on our nice clothes and we're going to sing our fancy pants songs and we're going to do four-part harmony and you're going to love that and then you're not going to tell anybody else about it? What hypocrisy. That's fake. You can't tell me you love Jesus Christ, but I don't really want to tell my neighbors, my coworkers. My f- we're going to go have Easter egg hunt with grandma today, and I'm not going to bring up the fact that Jesus died and rose again so that everybody at that gathering could have living water flowing out of their soul. And we call ourselves Jesus followers, but we won't even say what this woman at the well will say after she talks to him one time. We've got to get the word out there, my friends. I gotta let the, everybody know that there has been born a savior. He died and he rose again, and now he offers a higher quality of life than what you have known up to this point. And when you believe in him, it will be like a fountain is turned on inside of you, and your soul will overflow with the good theme of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You can't turn that fountain down, it's overflowing. It's going to spill out of your life. And if it's not spilling out of your life, the question is, has the fountain been turned on for you at all here this morning? If this is the highlight of your worship and praise, if it only happens here at church on a time like Easter, then do you, can you really say that you have living water flowing in your soul here this morning? I mean, when did you leave the water jar? When did you just say, that, uh, I'm not even thinking about what I was coming to do? the work that I had to do, the chores, all the daily things that keep us so busy. When did you leave the water jar and run and tell everybody? And they came because of your testimony, but then they saw it for themselves and they got their own fountain going inside of them. Man, I hope that this will inspire many of us who have the fountain to spendo to pour it all out, to give everything that you've got, knowing that when you reach empty, when you reach the bottom, that's when the free refill of the Holy Spirit comes. And if you can't do that, if I'm talking about a life that, quite honestly, you just don't relate to here this morning, today is the day that you need to ask God for a free refill. You need to ask God for this living water so that you will love Jesus and never thirst again. That's what he promised, that you would never thirst again. One time I was at a restaurant with my friend. My friend and I, we like to shooby-dooby down to Ruby's every once in a while. Anybody else do that? Let me tell you, the Ruby's we got around here is way better than any other Ruby's. It's on the end of the pier. It's beautiful. <coughs> well, we were at a Ruby's one time, and we weren't really getting great service from our waiter, or our, uh, it was a waiter, and a uh, guy with a big mustache, and he wasn't really refilling our beverages. And we were still kind of thirsty at the end of lunch. And my friend said, he said, hey, I'm going to ask for a to-go cup. And I was like, a to-go what? And he said, no, no, if you ask, see, they'll give you a whole nother cup of, of liquid refreshment as you walk out the door. You can take it to go. And I'm just looking at him like, I've never heard of this. This seems, this, you were going to, 
Like, and the waiter, the guy with the big mustache, comes on up, and my friend opens his mouth to speak, and I get dumb chills. You guys know what dumb chills are? When somebody's doing something that you're so sure is embarrassing, but they're not embarrassed by it, that you feel their embarrassment for them, right? And I'm just looking at my friend, and he's going to ask this guy with the mustache who hasn't refilled our beverages the entire time for a to-go cup, and I'm just cringing on the inside, you know? And he's like, yeah, could we get two to-go cups? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, sure, right away. What? (laughs) What's going on? And he brings out, like, two cups. They have the Ruby's logo on them like they planned for this. They got lids. They got straws. They're full. He hands me. He says, have a great day, guys. You know? Today could be the day that some of you realize there's a free refill. There's a to-go cup. There's a fountain of living water that you could have inside of you. And all you have to do is be bold enough to ask God for it. Maybe you didn't know it was there. Maybe you didn't know there's a whole nother life that could be flowing inside of you that'll satisfy your soul. And all you have to do is ask Jesus for it today, to take that step of faith, to turn from your life of sin and to put your trust in Jesus Christ. And if you were to do that this morning, you would experience what it is like to have resurrection and to live a brand new life. Let us not cheapen the resurrection of Jesus by living like everyone else. Let us show people that there is great power in his resurrection and we have been fundamentally changed, made new, and let us glorify our Lord. People will believe in his resurrection when they see it in you. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much that we can have a fountain of living water because of what happened on a, that Sunday morning thousands of years ago now when Jesus rose from the dead And God, I thank you for this conversation with this woman and how we can all relate to it. How getting something to drink is something that all of us will do every single day. We'll do it today. We'll ask for a free refill. We'll get a cup of water. And we'll be thirsty again and again. But God, I pray that today someone would ask. They would ask for life in Jesus Christ. They'd be willing to turn from the things that they thought could satisfy them, from the wells that don't even hold water, that continually are just spilling their water out. And they'll turn from those other sins that they're trying to satisfy them, even good things maybe like their family or their job, things that don't satisfy a soul, God. God, let us turn from those things and let us come to you. And let us say that we want to lose our life so that we could find it in Jesus Christ. And God, please put within people today, even people who are listening to this this morning, and they know I'm talking to them, God. Help them to ask you for that free refill, for that to-go cup, for that fountain of living water. May they ask you right now, this morning, and may you put within them a well that will never run dry, a fountain that will overflow out of them so that later today they'll forget about that water jar. And they'll start telling everybody they know, no, he really did rise. And here's how I know he really did rise. Because I've been made new, God. Let us spread that message. Let us see a great revival here in Huntington Beach and the surrounding cities. A revival fitting of the resurrection of Jesus Christ to whom we give all the glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.